morning and welcome to your daily game face. I'm Dr. Kim Lannon, and I'm actually joined today not only with my nice of you to show up. Wonderful, what? Nice of you to show up. <laughs> Pete and I have been talking for like an hour here. I'm always here, <laughs> maybe right up to the line, but I'm always here. Um, see, you got me off my game I'm sorry. already. That's my job. I was going to call you wonderful this morning, but now okay. you're out. Right. You're yep. totally fired. So I'm going away from you. So I'm joined by. Get the banter out of the way. Get the banter out of the Peter way. Peter <laughs> Carruthers, the Olympic silver medalist from 1984, pair skating, not ice dance. Not to be mistaken with there ice dancing go. because that's a super important distinction. So before, Yeah, one you get to touch each other and the other you don't or something. I don't know. Kind of like that, yeah. right? One you get to touch and one you don't. <laughs> well. Kind of. But one I you have to continue it. to touch. You have to constantly touch each other in dancing. Yeah. Right. I, brought I, I know. So we'll get there. Um, so, but yes, in wonderful Lou Blasey, who gives me a hard time every week. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so anyway, welcome, Peter. You guys have too much fun in here. We do. I think we do. Yeah, that's the, that's the idea. I know, right? So I'm so excited to have Peter here with me today, because Peter and I know each other very well. We yes. have lots of good conversations. Oh. We have lots of good conversations uh -oh. about athleticism and wellness and health and the state of affairs of sport and youth in this country right. and what happens also after people have had illustrious careers such as peter has <laughs> look at his face <laughs> <laughs> um and and what happens to people when they uh retire from their sport skating right. um and you know whatever the sport is and and we have conversations about this stuff all the time uh well i'm just really happy to be here i'm honored to be here i might add because of Dr. Kimberly Lannon, yeah. as the professional and as a good friend. Thank you so much. Yay, bumps. Yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> oh, Fist gosh. Bumps. Um, so, for people that don't know, so Peter lives here in the area, and the area is up here in the Merrimack Valley, so mm -hmm. uh, he also works and helps run a Learn to Skate program and other hockey youth programs and other great things he's going to talk about today. At Microwaste in Andover, yes. Massachusetts. It's actually North Andover. North Andover, excuse me. That's all right. North Andover. Well, it's, uh, that's <laughs> where it Andover. is. It's kind of fun. So could you tell us a little bit about kind of what you do now? Oh, gosh, what do I do now? Uh, well, I am involved uh, over at Microwaste uh, cross-training uh, youth hockey players uh, with skating. Yeah. And primarily, that's my focus. Mm -hmm. And in ice hockey... The development is so important, the long-term athlete development. Mm -hmm. And you have these uh, pretty wonderful kids and parents. It, of course, is a struggle now with COVID, uh, really difficult in a lot of ways. But uh, what I do specifically is I work on balance, uh, making them dexterous so that they can skate on both sides of their body. Because when I figure skated, I had to pair skate, so Kitty, my sister, uh, we were always hand in hand or even sometimes two hands. So the reason that translates to hockey is because many times people don't realize that like in hockey, you have to have a stick, obviously, right? right. It's a given. Right. But it, when you come up as a figure skater, I played a little youth hockey, but it primarily figure skating, your hands and arms are free. Right. So when you work with hockey players they've got this thing called a stick they've got to use it's their partner that it 
now you're catching uh, you're yeah, a well. fast study wow no but so That's why they pay me the but what happens <laughs> how big no. um, not enough but the thing is that uh this stick yeah. uh you know sometimes can inhibit your freedom to move on the ice and be dynamic and really get your balance and do certain steps and turns and believe it or not uh with hockey the way it is now, you have to be able to skate well. Mm -hmm. It's just, there's no question. So every kid though wants to grow up and they want to get the stick in the hand first. Right. And they want to stick handle, shoot, score. Right. right. Uh, so they as know they that lean, there's a fundamental thing about yeah, actually skating but, well first. Well, well, they, they some do, some don't, and some do it better than others. Right. But the point is, they want to have the stick. They want to shoot. They want to stick handle. They want to right. be there. And what happens sometimes is they start leaning on the stick. So they never really develop the skating skills that are really necessary if they are to really advance and enjoy the game to its full capacity. So when you work with them, mm -hmm. you have to understand that they have the stick. So what I do is I have uh, times when I use the stick with them and then there are times when I say, okay, everybody drop your sticks. And we work on Believe it or not, things like mohawks, a strange word for people, I'm sure, <laughs> three turns. And what that does is it gets them to skate, turn, get backwards. If they were to lose the stick at any moment, they could do it. That's my goal is to get them so that they can skate without the stick. And then when they put the stick in their hands, they are more able to do other things offensively and defensively. So it's pretty cool. That's oh, underrated man. because when I stopped playing and became an official, mm -hmm. it was incredibly difficult to skate without a stick. It, it was a huge adjustment oh, so period. You, you understand what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, but you take a stick out of any hockey player's hands, they're going to struggle. Right, so I, I want to also point out that when you're teaching kids, right. you've got, I have to, it's my job to work with them and get them to do some of these things while they're holding on you know, to the stick with both hands. Right. Sometimes, you know, top hand only, you know, for backward skating, defensive posture, things like that. Uh, so it's, it's a challenge for me to teach them to use their hips and shoulders, uh, how important that is, and maintain where that puck is going to be because they do need to have that stick in the right, puck right. Uh, to score. So it's t it's combining two sports essentially. It is, but and people don't realize that because I have hockey players in my in my practice that I you know kids all the way up through, and I think the concept of I actually introduce that together mm -hmm. if they're not with you already, you know, they, I think that would be something foreign to them if they don't think of it like that. The hockey players that I have now, I don't right, think that right. they came up through well, and learned it that way, and I think it's such a great way to you know, multitask and, and build a well-rounded hockey player, player or skater. Yeah, exactly. Now, when you look at the collegiate level and even high school prep, right. these, these kids are really good, right. most of them. Yeah. And, again, I think it's also important that you want to set it up so that the kids are having fun. Right. they got to fall in love with the game first, right? Yep. So making them fall in love with the game is important. Yeah. And then giving them the tools that they can put in the toolbox and use right. uh, when they're playing games is important. But long-term athlete development, life lessons, things like that, I try to bring 
all of my past experience mm -hmm. to that. So hopefully, you know, and darling, yes, on your end, yes. which I've learned so much from you, is fill that emotional cup. Yeah. You know, give them a sense of ownership for their own game. It's, you know, parents are important, but really, in the end, it's their game, it's your game, it's my game, right. it's your game. So, that's really important. So, so I try to bring that. So, forward. given what you were just saying, yeah. I, have to, I have to jump in there just to give a little nudge. Okay. All right? So, all <laughs> the experience that you said you've had, do your little ones or your mid-range age kids <laughs> know who you are? You know, and that's no. funny. Now, okay, so They're like, who's this old guy? They, I gotta say, on paper, they may recognize. Right. And maybe once in a while, somebody, a parent says, wait, even parents. Some, parents know. know. Grandmothers know me. Granddads know me. <laughs> right? My grandmother loves you. I'm, I'm 61. I'm no uh, spring chicken. But the point is that... 1984, right. the last century when we skated <laughs> as Olympic eligibles and then professionally uh, through the 90s, uh, yeah. uh, my sister and I were done with uh, skating completely uh, like in 2000 and then we came back and did a reunion show before the Olympics in 2014. That being said, uh, yeah, the kids then uh, say, hey, my mom, my mom, Got showed you on YouTube. You look pretty good out there, you know. And so they yeah. they do. Uh, it's cool. Recognize and they yeah. understand. I think the Olympic medal and things yeah. like that. But. Now, do these kids that you have in, mm -hmm. at Microwise up here in North Andover are they here for training to be Olympians? Lou and I talk all, and I think you've heard the show too about how many parents bring their kids in and go, "This is going to be my next hockey Olympian, or my next NHL player, or you know, or my next U.S. figure skater, and they're my child." Do you have a lot of that, or are you just kind of doing like that overall fun programming, just to have a good time, get your skills, do all this, mm. and then if you go along in life, this is what it is. Well, I I take uh, a middle of the road posture on that because the kids. First of all, our parents, my sister and I, Katie, yeah. they tried to stimulate our curiosity mm -hmm. so that we would have something that we enjoyed. Right. Keep us busy. Uh, a sport's important because it does so many things to develop, you know, a person. Right. Uh, life lessons that you learn from sport. Right. So I assess that sometimes in individually. Mm-hmm and as a group right. but some of them we have three-year-olds that start skating and i didn't even i was in my backyard <laughs> skating on the ice in burlington mass with kitty uh because my dad built a backyard rink, rink right and so my idea of skating was and kitty we would go to Bruins games. We yeah. would go to the ice follies. We would go to the ice capades. Yeah. And it was so grand in the old Boston Garden, right? Yeah. So my dad built a backyard ring, 40 by 80. Wow, that's and huge. And we wow. he put size. speakers on the back of the house, floodlights. <laughs> that's awesome. The neighbors would hear the music and they would come over and skate. So we did it in a way that was extremely social. Right. And my idea of a good time was when it snowed hard. And this is back in the late 60s and early 70s last century <laughs> uh, was skate as fast as I could yeah and when there were huge snowstorms the snow would pile, pile up, up and I would 
carefully make sure that where I was going to jump, there was a great snowbank. I would go as fast as I could, and I'd jump into the snowbank. Um, or we would come home from a show, uh, like at the garden with the Follies or uh, Capades, and I would imitate with music what I saw, the comedians, you know, the yeah. great Olympic skaters, and uh, all that it was was, hey, that's cool. So I kind of thought, wow, this is something that really has me inspired. Yeah. You know, and so, I mean, the Bruins are so prolific with Bobby Orr, and yeah. it was just a skating mecca back then. Right. Yeah. But everything started in the backyard on our rink. So then my parents graduated us to learn to skate. Yeah. Say, would you kids like to learn to skate when the ice melts in the spring? Yeah, we'll try it. So I went up to the Billerica Forum, <laughs> and now the Chelmsford Forum, yeah. and took skating lessons. And so it progressed. Yeah. And then I, I dropped my hockey and went into figure skating with Kitty. Yeah because it was easier for my dad to drive us around together on the same schedule. Convenient. But getting back to what your original yeah. question was, is definitely get them interested in it. And then we'll see what happens. Right. But I don't ever have the you know idea that, okay, I want to train these kids and I want to see them get to the Olympics. Hey, if they do, great. Hey, right. if they can make it to high school, great. Hey, if they can go to right. college and po possibly play, play. Right. fabulous. But really, it's about falling in love with the game and perhaps having it in your life forever. Right. And when you're in your 40s, Or having the skills, 50s. right? I mean, yeah. that's what we talk about a lot is that having the skills that come from having right. Um, you know, Frank Simonetti was here a couple weeks sure, ago. Sure, I Bruins, saw that. He's and he, awesome. And we were talking about the life skills that come right. from sports like hockey and skating True. and gymnastics. And mm -hmm. you take them forward in your life and, and they can translate to anything because mm -hmm. it's good work ethic, uh, great structure and organizational skills. Right. Right. gives you inspiration. You have motivation, things to fall back on, even though it might not be, you know, you can't continue it, you know, professionally all your life because it's a sport in right. certain ways. But you can always have it in your life and but, translate it. Now, just to add one more point. Yeah. Uh, so I do work with older kids, and some of these kids are really good. Mm -hmm. We have uh, some people that, in all likelihood, will Go. be at the next Olympic Winter Games right. at Microice. Right. Uh, that being said, if it progresses to that point, I can adapt. Right. But I have to be able to know that they are having a good, good time, time and they really want it. And it cream rises, right. it really does. Right. And so sometimes there are kids that, hey, well, he's got talent, she's got talent. Cause you know, girls are playing hockey big time now. Huge. You have a huge. lot of girls. And you know, they, they come up so I can then turn up the heat with the skills. So I have to challenge them yeah with things to improve their game offensively, defensively, uh, but it all comes back to that skating. So I do a quick assessment when I see someone, if you come on the ice, for example, you know, I, I adjust, and you have, uh -huh. and you've done well. Uh, I adjust to that, and then 
See, he adjusts to that. No, no, that no. That was the key word there because <laughs> you need to adjust to me. Oh, uh, it's not well, a pretty thing. Don't take it personally. You know, using oh, that I do. Word. He was bad. taking that word all, using <laughs> that word all along. I was, I call it indoctrinating someone into skating. And you don't just all of a sudden start talking about hard skills to perform. So what you do is you assess that and then go in with the skills that you think they need specifically if they get to a certain age and they're in their uh, teens uh, or late teens they know what they want yes. they want me to then bring them more right uh, skills to make them as adept as possible at skating so that when they get that that puck and they're tied up in a corner their escapes and some of this is you know very intricate you know footwork that's done you're on your People think hockey's uh, so much on two feet. two feet. Actually, you're on one foot more than you are, believe it or not, uh, during the game. Yeah, and the stamina that's involved. So, but you know that that's where I bring it. To. And plus, during the Olympics in 1980, when the hockey team, uh, USA hockey team, yeah. beat uh, the Soviet yeah. Union back then, the yeah. Soviet Union, not Russia, it was so large yes. because we competed in those Olympics in Lake Placid in 1980, and man, that lit a fire. Yeah, in my Life, life, yeah. Which made me, uh, both Kitty and I, train. We took fifth at those Olympics, yep. and that was pretty good for our first Olympics, considering we hadn't even been to a World Championships yet. But that's what inspired us. That spark, seeing yeah. Eric Hyden win five gold medals, every medal that could be won One, in got. long track speed skating outdoors. That was, that was amazing. Right? I remember that. It was so fantastic. So that spark is something that you can't teach. It's a right. lifetime experience right. moment. Well, and it has to have that internal focus or control that comes from someone that really wants it internally versus the Ab external. Ownership of yeah. the game. And yeah. the parents have great intentions for the most part. They, People, they're doing the best they can for their kids. People tend to think that skating becomes innate as well. You're a good skater, you're not a good skater, but it's much like a pitching motion, it's much like a golf swing, it's something that you have to tinker with all the time. Yeah. it. it just think the blade's less than an eighth of an inch wide, mm -hmm. and you have to have keen balance. You gotta have a lot of agility, and... Or a milk crate, in my well, case. Well, <laughs> we, we try to get... Um, but pro teams uh, have skating coaches. They're working on the skating strides. Always, They're working on skating always. constantly. Yeah, and that's yeah. exactly right. And so there's there's a quite a few uh, skating coaches that yeah. are figure skaters that work for um, hockey. In fact, David Peltier, the Olympic gold medalist in pair skating from 2002, he's the Edmonton Oilers skating coach. coach. This is a big deal. Right. So, uh, and it's interesting, he's a pair skater too. Right. So that is all I can do is appreciate the fact that the parents are bringing these kids to involve them in a sport. They want them to have something besides academics, which is very important, but to have a, you know, a full life of fitness. My assumption is mm -hmm. fitness, wellness, academics, right. wellness, right. family life, and- And social life. To totally, the camaraderie, the yeah. fellowship, everything is right. so important. And that's what I look back on as my favorite memories. Is the camaraderie? Or 100% the, yeah. camaraderie. Yeah. Nothing team. like a hockey team. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And nothing that, like a hockey team. That you reminded me of the spark. Uh, that spark, uh, I think, has to happen, motivationally speaking. Yeah. And so 
that is really uh, satisfying to me. But what we, I work with uh, Kathy Brust. Uh, she's also at Micro Ice with me, and she's wonderful and learned to skate. And she's yeah, we so, like her. Kathy's great because like she gets the kids. They'll come out on crates, right? And she is so smart <laughs> that uh, she can, she, she goes, I'm going to get him off the crate quick. Because of her. I'm still on the because, crate. <laughs> because the, that's really important because we want the kids to transition right. from that support to realize that they can get their own balance. And they, they she does it, you know, with incentivizing them with, uh, okay, I'm going to put a, a colored ring over here. And if you get it, I'll, we give, get ice cream? I'll give you a ride. Oh, and she, she pushes she them around on the She pushes them around and they go. <laughs> and so they, they awesome. go across to the ring. They get the ride, perhaps, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then um, she'll come back and, you know, we work with the kids as a group, but we individually we take them. Uh, sometimes try to get them. It's easier for us to get them off the crates, crates too, right? right? It's because then you can have a big uh, class that's skating. So uh, that that's not easy to do because the trust has to be there. Okay, so wait a second. So I'm going to transition <laughs> over to adulting here for a second. Yes. yes. So for those of us, which you've seen my skating ability, <clears throat> he got me out on skates. Oh, well, you're a... You are an elite gymnast. Yeah, you have, yes. you have balance. You ought, to, you ought to be ahead of the game here. I, I'm not going to talk about my skating except <laughs> that I need help. Um, but, okay, for people like me, mm -hmm. like beginners, because I wasn't allowed to skate. Let me just defend myself here. <laughs> I have to be defensive you in allowed? my psychology. <laughs> I was not allowed to skate because my parents told me if I skated, I wouldn't be able to do gymnastics at the level I was doing it, and I'd break mm -hmm. my ankles, and that well, would be over. True. So it was a no. So I wasn't allowed to skate, ski, and breathe. <laughs> and when I was skating, I was not allowed to ski <laughs> right. and do things that could possibly yeah. uh, cause injury to take us away from the skating. But I could do a triple axle jump flip on the floor if I pretended I was skiing. Heck yeah. Gym. <laughs> yeah well, I would practice it all the time. I'd watch these guys out there on TV and I'd be like, I'm going to go out in the gym on the floor and I'm going to pretend right. I'm skating across the floor and... Yeah, but I mean, shoot. And do, you know, a camel spin. I mean, what was cool about you... <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna share a little story. Oh, that God. Is um, Dr. Lannon, Kim, yes. my dear friend, yes. uh, and John, your husband, yeah. came over to... Um, our house, Kathy and I were uh, had a little dinner together, and so the funny thing is, we put on. I love this. It, this is another <laughs> moment that got me fired up. Oh, I'm gonna so have to we drink put my on some music, and we uh, uh, started to sort of perform to some Broadway musicals. Oh, well, unbeknownst <laughs> to me, oh, this is a cool. Unbeknownst to me, and Kathy uh, and John really too. Yeah. All, we had co a chorus line on, and then we put on Chicago. Kim, all of a sudden, just jumps out and starts doing the da 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 da. -da. And Kathy yeah. brought a hat, one of these uh, sequin hats down. This lady was unbelievable when it came to. The steps. I'm like, oh my you had god! The routine. She's, yeah. a, she's a dancer. Yeah. You know, in figure skating, you got to yeah. be able to have ballet, jazz, and all of that. And I went, holy cow! And it was money. It was right on. It was, and we were all of a sudden just <laughs> taken aback. And I, what? Well, well, how did? You, well, 
tell them your story about <laughs> what happened after Jim. She actually auditioned, correct? Yeah, at UMass. For my first, like I auditioned, well, many times, but my first audition was a crash and burn because it was for a chorus line. Right. And I, it wasn't the dancing. I was fine leading up to the whole thing, singing with the whole warm up and doing it the piano and everything. And then I had to do my audition piece, which was the dancing and the singing to Everything is Beautiful at the Ballet and hit the high note piece. Yeah, that didn't go well. Everything <laughs> beautiful at yeah, the ballet. It was, yeah, it was not good. But, you know. Was it good up till the high that. note? What? Was it good up until the high note? <laughs> um, yes, and yeah. then it wasn't. Yeah. And it crashed and burned. And then they let me reset, and they said, mm -hmm. Kim, you were doing so well at the piano. <laughs> what happened? And, oh, you know, nerves. No, I didn't but... have enough experience. But, but they were like, your dancing's great, everything's great. And so I ended up going, and Peter knows, I ended up going and, Taking some training and living in New York and I mean, New York but that, workshop we, I, and we didn't know anything I, they didn't know any of this about, about me until this past weekend. This, yeah, but see what Neither I respected I. about that is the fact. Lou's <laughs> Lou's like wow. <laughs> well, it's true. We'll have to put it on. We could throw the music yes. on here and she'll show you. Oh but, no! no. <laughs> but, I didn't bring my hat. But the point is that you 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 danced. Yeah. You did gymnastics. Um, that was your thing life yes. for a long time yes and in figure skating you do have to have athleticism you have to have artistry you have to have endurance stamina yes the whole nine yards of these things. yes just and want to so, know peter kathy's been trying I to love... save you this whole time now what kathy's been trying to save him this whole time now ah <laughs> <laughs> now you're on the list oh my gosh but the 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 crossover, yeah, and that's a skating move. Yeah, uh, but I, I know. <laughs> but no, the fact that you are not one-dimensional. Right. See, that's what's cool. There are many things that go into it, and really, all sports have something where there's another field that you can bring right. to your sport to perhaps better yourself. But right. I just really respected that. Thank you. And. Uh, it's you know it's love fest. There are great athletic people in gymnastics that maybe are not so musical, and then sometimes there are very musical people in gymnastics that maybe are not as athletic. But combining that together is is what makes the perfect uh, soup, if you will, or the ingredients that go into that soup to have a full package. And I think that's great that you can do that. They're wonderful. Thank you. Wow, I got a little. Yeah, well, it's important. Thank you. Thank you. So, well, I, so I yeah. mean, all kidding aside, I think that actually, not kidding. I, I, well, <laughs> okay. In all seriousness about this topic, I think that mm -hmm. when I find athletes who are like we are and who cross over and mm -hmm. do you know multiple diverse career things that are all connected together, it's like we're always working. Mm -hmm. I think that really successful athletes. Um, who become also successful people in life have those skills to do that. And the people who struggle, which is a lot of the people I end up seeing well, a lot of times, sure. the struggle isn't because they don't have that, is because they have it, but they don't know how to channel it or they have identified, this is what Frank and I were talking yeah. about and Lou, is that they've identified themselves so much with the one piece of them and don't branch out to look at yeah. all those extra pieces that they have to diversify. And then it's like releasing a person into that space and realizing, oh my gosh, I actually have all this other stuff that I can do and I'm not right. just hockey or I'm yeah. not just ice skater. Yeah, well, I'm all uh, these things. Go back to what Frank, who was on a couple of weeks right, ago, right. Uh, he was absolutely perfect to watch. And every person that maybe has aspirations to be 
at the highest level, the NHL or the Olympics right. uh, or collegiate, should really listen to what he was saying because the roadmap is not what you think. The blueprint to get to the top, top. Right. there is no blueprint. Yes, hard work, thousands sure. of hours, I get it. But Frank it was engineering, right. right? Right. And then his path, the way he tells the story, was similar in the process to what happened with my sister and I right. to get to the Olympics twice and then win a silver medal in Which they should have won gold. I'm interrupting. They should have won gold, my opinion, solely, not well, only. <laughs> thank you. It is a subjective sure. sport. But that what was... That's... <laughs> It yeah. should have been gold. It should have been gold. Thank you. Well, I got the silver medal here, but I we'll know, show that. The yeah. uh, thing is, uh, th th there is, if you're enjoying it and you're passionate about what you're doing, you know, sometimes hard work can trump talent. In fact, a lot of times, times it, does, it does. Because right. uh, talent isn't really what gets you there. You have to have a, some certain right. ability, really, for sure. But that roadmap to get to the top uh, there's a lot of things that happen along the way, and I'll be very honest, there was some luck. Yeah. Luck is when preparation and opportunity, opportunity come, together. come together. Right, absolutely. And you listen to every top athlete, in my opinion, mm -hmm. and their story's different. It, mm -hmm. uh, it, it, you know, whether you're in the gym, how many hours a day. I, it, sometimes it works that way. But more often than not, let's say take the 80-20-80 rule. Right. I think 80% of it is certain things that have happened along the way right. that really... Right place, right time, or a certain certain person came into your life at that time. or I mean, Correct. Right, absolutely. Right. And, uh, the, then there's so, the old saying, the harder you work, the luckier you are, which comes back to your point. And I think at the high, you guys can speak to it better than I can, but at the high level of athletics, the talent difference is so slim that hard work is the difference maker. It, it does. It, yeah, in the yeah. end, and, 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 it does. Yeah. And as you know, yep. I'm obsessive and compulsive. And so I, I think I was really hard on myself. Yeah. I wanted perfection in practice because think about it for a second. Figure skating is a rehearsed sport. Right. Chorus, a chorus line on Broadway is right. a rehearsed, rehearsed sport. Right, right. What separates what you and I have done is when you're playing a team sport, it's never the same. Right. And you're reacting right. off of what is happening coming from another, another person. person. Right. A ball comes in at 98 miles an hour. hour. You're reacting to that. Right. We had to have muscle memory and then also, uh, you know, a uh, zone-like ability the flow to, go together, to, to move together, handle the pressure. Right. And it was so much of it that it's not... Practice makes perfect. Mm -mm. It's good practice this makes, makes good, good performance. performance. Right. And she knows. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So I think that what we were doing to train, which I learned, was that it wasn't what we did a month before right. you know, to qualify for the Olympics. I was always, as soon as the world championship finished, I, I always was ready to conceptualize what music we would use the next year. Right. Okay, we're here, Kitty. Getting ready for the getting next ready. evolution. And knowing right. that what I did in July right. was going to matter in February, in February yep. of the next Absolutely. year at perhaps the Olympics. Right. And so you, if you create that environment of pressure right. that, and, and, and excitement, you have 
a, I am at least for for me a better chance of handling it, handling it because when well because there's always a spark you're always right. going forward for that well, spark of, of getting you forward and that's anything in life if you keep that something out there in front of you we'll call it a purpose for instance right, right? you were shooting for February or you were shooting for something yeah. else beyond you and you weren't just okay it's a one and done and over you always have something to look forward to life lesson uh -huh. right you're always out there looking right. for that and that in your you're motivated off the next jump off the right. next jump off the next jump right. but and then putting it all together. Right. It all started in the backyard skating rink in Burlington. Massachusetts. Old winners. Yeah, Massachusetts. Isn't Not that Vermont. Funny? Yeah, no. everybody, a lot of people thought we were from, from Vermont. Vermont. All right. I'm from Vermont. But talking it, it about all... life lessons. <laughs> talking about life lessons and starting in the backyard, I want to know about your relationship with Kitty. I want to know what it was like working so closely together for so long, how you maintain a personal relationship. How did Kathy benefit from all the lessons that you learned from maintaining such a long, intense relationship with your sister? Uh, Wow, do you have an hour? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, starting with the first question about you know about, yeah. about Kim. Yeah. Well, we met up in Lincoln. Did you ask about you, me earlier? Oh, yeah. oh. Now I'm just I'm, I'm asking about your relationship with Kitty. Kitty. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, thought you said, so I apologize. I, I thought you said. Kitty. I was like, no, Kitty. Yeah, Kitty. No, I, no, I, most I, of I us. I, it's like I'm, I, I guess I'm hard of hearing. Most but, of us uh, would never have never experienced that long a relationship, that intense well, that, relationship, working so point. closely together. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Uh, it does help that your brother and sister get to you? I've already gotten to you, right? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're good. Uh, yeah, with Kitty, the thing is, you see, we were both adopted, and uh, Kitty at three months, me at six months. So my parents were just the best at uh, providing us with every opportunity. Right. Uh, to grow up to be good people and have the emotional cup filled uh, and stimulate our curiosity. So that, the maturation that takes place when you're, you're uh, skating or going to work, I suppose, with a sibling is, is one that is give and take. Because just like every other brother and sister, we argued, right? Um, but in pair skating, it was essential that we were uh, two as one. And so Kitty was extraordinarily athletic. She landed the first ever throw quadruple Salcow, <clears throat> excuse me, back in the 80s. Yeah. Long before it was ever performed. And Good Morning America was there. And Letty goes, You just have that on film right or on uh, video right now. And Kitty's. Uh, Intestinal fortitude to game yeah. was like, man, she showed up. She was tough as nails as a competitor. So pretty emotional. Wow, she was so good. But she's still good. Too. She's still good. She's, but she's the point awesome. is that yeah. she, and but the sweetest girl in the world. Right. So I never had any, with my compulsive want to train, she was right there. She pushed me. I pushed her to train harder. And so that relationship, knowing we were never going to go away from each other because we're brother and sister, we just, I, luckily, um, through opportunity, preparation, uh, came together and had a goal in mind. Mm -hmm. That goal, though, it wasn't like, I'm going to get to the Olympics and I want to I win the Olympic gold medal. I, I, that wasn't our, That you wasn't know, your goal. 
modus operandi, right? right? You know. Right. So what we wanted to do though was maybe make the international team one step at a well, time. Make national. You had a love of the skating, and so it's, it's kind of like an acting. Exactly. We talked about this the other night. Is if you want to be a famous actor, forget it. It's never going to happen. If you go into the craft of love of the acting, love, of love of the game, of the game you're going to be way, right. way further down the line and getting there because you're not looking for it to happen. Right. You're not trying to force it to happen. Exactly. It comes to you. Um, like so many things in life and people try so hard to overdo and then they fail because the expectation bar is so high yeah. instead of it just being like I love the sport I love skating Perhaps. I love gymnastics I'm just doing it to do and the things will come because you're just putting the yeah. effort in yeah. so you don't have like the end goal is I'm going to be a famous actor I'm going to be an Olympic skater you might have that in the the back of your mm -hmm. mind but that's not the push goal yeah and motivations that come personally between Kitty myself. Uh, Kitty was always a great academic student. I was not. Um, I was diagnosed with attention deficit disorder when I was uh, quite young. So we all know that that happens to actually many athletes, Michael Phelps being one of them. So I think my parents also recognized how important sport was for me to keep me active and that I could channel but the, th the only caveat to that is that um, for me, I wanted to prove something too. I wanted to prove that I, maybe I wasn't a good student. But you were. But I wanted to be, I wanted to show myself <laughs> yeah. first and foremost yeah. and every, the world that I can make it. Yeah. So. And, that, and that's, I think that's a super important thing for people to hear today in the mm -hmm. show is that, I mean, you, you, have a, you had a purpose. You had something that you wanted to prove not only to maybe the world, but you wanted to prove it to yourself that I, you had that. Yeah. And that's so the internal piece to, right. to validate that is super important for athletes. 100%. And yeah. Kitty, was all, Kitty was just, I think she was just destined for greatness because she had, she had everything, uh, everything going for her. I, I could never have... Uh, made it without having Kitty by my side because she understood me and we uh, we really love each other and yeah we had our disagreements but we we always had that idea that next step next step next step. So how do you think that get you know given what you asked about his relationship <clears throat> with Kitty how do you think that your and Kitty's relationship as pairs differed from like Torval and Dean mm. who were who were in love and married they were married right are they um well, they were no, they were not, lovers they were, they, um, they were together I think right uh, mm. well it seemed like on, <laughs> okay forget Torval that Torval and they, Dean they, we know Jane and Chris yeah. quite well and they had boy what a perfectionist he is he and an incredible visionary. Uh, person uh, to create Bolero, right. but the the difference between let let's say a pair like let's say I skated with you, yeah, as opposed to my sister, there's you have two people coming together yeah. that perhaps might not know each other right. that well, and that's how pairs get started. You know, right. if, oh, it, wouldn't that be nice if they teamed up? Right. They quickly can develop a bond, but uh, the the fact that Kitty and I have been, you know. In the backyard, skating, skating together. together, and we were going to. Uh, my parents did so much with us. We would go to, to the Virgin Islands in the winter to uh, St. John. We'd go to Mexico when it was cold in the winter. My, they were. Dad was at that time a, a professor, and 
my mom was a school teacher they gave us everything so and then we would come home and skate in the backyard so we we had that brother and sister, sister bond, sibling right. bond sibling rivalry too at the same time right and it really was um the package that at least worked for us i'm not saying that it was the you know better than anyone else of course it's different different That's so what the virus really like what the difference is yeah. exactly so uh that really i think helped us mm -hmm. and uh it, she was so kitty was is just was just, again i go back to the fact that her, her ability to focus and you know as they say the zone mm -hmm. i could see she she was your balance you know she was like, just like a mary lou retton right. you know just had that that look would come over her mm -hmm. and then when the door shut and they announced our name for the united states mm -hmm. uh kitty and peter carruthers you know she just Go she was like the, a, right. a not a soldier but she would just she'd she go into get, that persona right. of, of being the and, skater and so that energy that we developed through the years of skating together yeah. intensified right and it was fantastic unbelievable yeah uh so that's, that that's was awesome. beneficial i think <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i kind of got you there you know got you where you wanted to go right well <laughs> yeah and so if you okay so we love kitty so if kitty's listening Kitty, don't worry about this. I don't want to replace you. But I have to ask Peter. You know, right. I've asked. I asked Randy Gardner this, and I have to ask mm -hmm. you this: is if you could skate with someone else, mm -hmm. and it wasn't Kitty, mm -hmm. who would it be? Oh, All the times see. you'd want to skate I, with someone else. There was a. I'll give you a couple of names, but people won't perhaps remember if they do. Great. Well, there was a an amazing brother and sister pair team. Believe it or not, uh -huh. there were two, a couple of them, several. Peter and Carol Kennedy, I'm not saying I wanted to skate with Carol, but um, they were the first U.S. team to win a silver medal for the United States at the Olympic Winter Games, and we met them ah. in 1952 before us. So that's kind of cool, brother and sister. Yeah. But then as far as a female that I thought was incredible, while well, there was this amazing brother and sister team, Mark and Melissa Militano, uh -huh. they were spectacular on the ice. And Melissa actually was very much like Kitty. And if I could, if I can give you the name, it's Melissa Militano because she was a rock star on the ice nice. with her brother. And they, they had so much. I saw them at the uh, ice chips, I remember, yeah. way back yeah. in Boston. And I thought, wow, that girl's, they're both great. But there's your answer. Thank you. So see, I didn't expect that. You know, I get. I get I'm not more, saying I would. No, I, I get that, more contemporary. Well, I get more contemporary answers usually when I've asked that question of people yeah. that would be more mainstream. But I think mm -hmm. that's great yeah. because but, you actually put thought into the the going into this whole realm of all the skaters and went to you know most people pick them for. Who's and, and not only that, but it's a generational thing, right? Too, right. So, yeah, of course, there's great. Uh, female uh skaters. pair skaters that right. uh, you know uh, david peltier and jamie Saleh. i mean yeah. what a great partner she is olympic gold medalist from canada i um, mean katia gordieva my goodness love uh, her two-time olympic gold love medalist her. uh beautiful but younger so it to me it's like you know every generation of athletes is a little bit different so I feel as though I have to pick someone that I 
think in that time period right. I could have perhaps seen myself Self with, uh, right. because I really identified with them. This is one of the things I love about Peter, Lou, is that when Peter answers questions, he's always so thoughtful <laughs> yeah. about like he doesn't just answer off the cuff of like just, you know, what most people will say, eh, it's what you want to hear. Not saying that like right. my guests do that, but so many people do that in life and just the thoughtfulness. And that's super great. I appreciate I, that. I think that that... I think that people should do that more, not yes. just answer just, oh, I'm fine, everything's good. You know, it's the same thing. It's like, what's your opinion? Oh, it's it's good. <laughs> that know, annoys like, people. It's, it's, about, not, it's not how do you feel, it's your thoughts <laughs> that matter, right? Yes. Right. Exactly. Okay, for, so pe for people like that, though, that's difficult because it annoys people. Yes. They well, ask the question, you sit there me. and you put well. together, you take 10 seconds to put together your thoughts. Right. Well, the, I'm not afraid to do that. Yeah. I'm too old to rush now. I mean, yeah. my goodness. Right. And well, I'm, that's yeah, and that's the thing is that people are in such a hurry mode. But when you actually sit down and talk to someone, you know, and and you get to know someone, mm -hmm. the thoughtful answers mean so yeah. much more. And I think that in context of trying to keep people into a healthy mindset, which the show is about, is right. is being that you know answering from the depth of, oh, I went back to my, my contemporary yeah. time and really found someone that I would have been comparable to, that I would exactly. have liked to dance exactly. with or to skate. Who's my favorite hockey player? Right. Bobby Orr. There right. you go. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, not right. to say now. I mean, what I see uh, with the, you know, with the Bruins, it's, right. it's, a, it's astounding what is done. But I'm going back to what. Right. What it was, was, I guess, my spark right. kind of comes from that time right. period. Right. Well, we're so, both we're both right. Bobby Orr babies. We're we're in that age group. We we grew right. up in the right. boom and. Well, it's kind of like when people ask me about who who would I be, you know, pick for my favorite gymnast of all time in terms of like my. And I don't go to current. I mean, Gabby Douglas. All the people that are current are great. But I go back to my time. Julianne McNamara, Kathy sure. Johnson, Mary right. Retton, Tracy Talavera. Yeah. And, you know, if I said that in front of most gymnasts that are now, they'd be like, who's that? Right. Who's that? Except for and, maybe Mary Lou. But that, those were the great, great gymnasts you, that I was with. And you know them. Right? Yeah. So to, Roommates for, with to further your point, probably one of the coolest things that ever happened to me, and, and both Kitty and I, we were doing a um, skating show for the... Um, it changed names of Dana Farber Cancer Institute, the yeah. Jimmy Fund, the Harvard uh, students put on a show they do still uh, called An Evening with Champions. And we, I got a call from, um, I hate it when people, my agent, but <laughs> say that. But uh, we, we got a call from our manager and said, say, there's a show up in Boston when you kids are up there uh, for the Jimmy Fund. Um, there's an opportunity. Uh, there's a, a company called Took Blades, you know, the yep. make for hockey. Yep. Yep. It's a Tuck or Took, I think yeah, it's Took. It's yeah. And uh, Evening Magazine has been able to arrange a uh, shoot with you, and Bobby Orr's going to be involved. And I went, Bobby Orr? <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? Well, we said, yeah, well, 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 of course we would do it anyway. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, for the uh, Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, very important. But then they were do also shooting an evening magazine, which was a, a show, show that was on then, years right. ago. Oh, I remember <laughs> like, that. Like, I remember I don't that. Know, Chronicle, something yeah, like, like that. Yeah, it's like Chronicle now, yeah. So I just remember uh, it was uh, earlier in the morning, and we got up, and the crew showed up for Evening Magazine. I think Barry Nolan. Yeah, it was Barry Nolan. Yes. Yep, it was. And... Kitty and I were on the ice skating around, and the crew was getting ready. 
And there <laughs> he was walking down the stairs. And I just was like, oh my God. And most beautiful smile you've ever seen. And the nicest man. I've followed you kids. You guys have done so well. And Kitty and I were like, <laughs> well, well, what well, us too <laughs> but it was a, it was such a gentleman yeah and when something like that happens uh, because of perhaps that roadmap that you know Frank talked about yeah. uh, you know along the way uh, you can call it um, I guess success or opportunity I thought wow this is what happens sometimes. Um, I have the opportunity to meet Bobby Orr, and he was a wonderful guy. And we did this piece, and I can't find it's out there somewhere. We'll um, find it. It's a videotape. I think it's in my at my mom's house. But <clears throat> excuse me, that really was incredibly inspiring, and it just really crystallized the fact that yeah, the nice guys could be the great ones too. You know? Yeah. And that was neat. That's awesome. So. That's fantastic. Great memory. Yeah. Okay. So, going back to yes. memories. So, I, I told Peter that he should bring his Olympic medal. People oh. don't get to see the Olympic no, medals, you know, up close yeah. and personal. And, and so, so, one, it would be great if you could tell us your favorite part of, besides winning the silver medal, right? But maybe, you know, some part of that Olympic sure. experience. And then showing us your beautiful medal that I helped uh, yeah, no problem. See, you want the <laughs> Did you uh, know? Uh, elevator for 60 seconds? You or? tell me no, anything it, no, you want no, to tell it's, us now. It really was, okay, so the medal, for me anyway, yes. I can't speak for Kitty, but I think we can agree uh, if she's listening or watching. Kitty's in Houston, Texas. Texas. Hi, Kitty. Hi, Kitty. There's <laughs> uh, a great skating professional, a lovely mom. Uh, and a great golfer. Children. Yeah, she is now. She is now, Heck right? Yeah. <laughs> so anything that I say, I owe more to my sister than I do myself for what it took to get there. But the the 80 Olympics... We'll put it on the table so that people that are watching... Yeah, you can do it. Yeah. The 80 Olympics symbolized something important. It was Lake Placid, New York, 1980. As I mentioned, the hockey team. Right. We got to know those guys. Right. Uh, then Eric Hyden winning five gold medals. So uh, my parents drove to the Olympics. It was so cool. That was such a inspiring time period. That fueled the next four years to work our bleep off <laughs> and, and try to get to this point. Because fifth was good, but then we wanted more. Yeah. I'll be honest. Yeah, we wanted more. We wanted to stand. Right. On the, up yeah, there. On the Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, because we had a shot. The rankings were, we were always top five. Right. So why not? Work hard. You might get there. Right. And so those four years in between 1980 and 1984 were the important years. And what, the, what this medal symbolizes is just. Uh, Jumping into the snowbank in the backyard to climbing up the ranks with my sister all the way to Sarajevo, what was Yugoslavia then, uh, and standing on that podium after our free skate and hearing our names from the United States of America, Kitty and Peter Carruthers. But here's what made it 
what made it was my mom and dad were right there in the stands. <laughs> and I had my sister standing next to me on the podium. I could see our parents. It was a family Thing. affair. Yeah. And felt like the luckiest person in the world because we did it as a family. And so when they put the medal around my neck, um, when the official did, it was, I just remember throwing my head back on Can't believe it. Pretty cool. So anyway, um, here it is. It's, yes. So for people that aren't able to see it, it is currently being shown by Peter. Um, yes. It's very, very beautiful. And yeah. they're and they're a little different, right? Every single every single Olympic. Every as we single know. Olympic medal is different, um, and it I, you know it's funny. I I don't I ha, I don't display it no. um, for whatever reason. I just don't. Um, it's it was important at the time. Uh, it's still important, but I also learned along the way that you know it's medals are are terrific, but it's the family that is important. It's the opening ceremonies, marching in the opening ceremonies, representing your country, right. the camaraderie, the fellowship, and meeting people from other sports, other walks of life. Mm -hmm. Go to the cafeteria and you're sitting with Phil and Steve Mayer, two great alpine skiers in the United States who won gold and twins that won gold and silver okay. in the same event. And his brother, Phil, I think Phil went down first, and he had the best time. And then he got on the walkie-talkie, and he's, he's talking to his brother, who is going to ski down and perhaps uh, be up there or even beat his beat brother. His brother. <laughs> and that's what exa exactly what happened. He skied down, and he was second. Yeah. So you, you can't top that in terms of excitement with you know, the yeah. family and things yeah. like that. And those are, that's part of it, our own hard work, but what it provided us with right. was a community, a global sense of and worldliness to be, you know, good people and it right. led to so many terrific things for right. us. And this is what I this is what I encourage with people in, in my practice is and, the, and you and I have these conversations all the time right. about how doing a sport is so important to building that skill. It is. And and to have you know if there you know if you've got kids that are just you know sitting at home there's nothing wrong with obviously people just being academic but right. you don't have the well-rounded pieces of <clears throat> introducing your kids to sport keeping them involved you know you know if they're going to be gamers and make a million dollars in life and sit behind a computer all day well I guess that's okay too but yeah. you're missing out on so many things when you don't have the well-rounded kid and so having the family involved and doing yeah. the sport and keeping it going and inspiring it was, and, it was not and easy keeping, and keeping it going and it doesn't have to go to no. the level that no. you and i went but it's about being able to say hey let's always go towards something let's mm -hmm. do it together let's mm -hmm. build a shared experience but to let, have that let me ask you about it builds that let me ask you to expand on that how do you feel about uh, the sports experience merit-based as opposed to non-merit-based in other words participation trophies everybody plays versus making a team and you know, advancing I'm, because 
because well, you, know that you I, put in the work. Right. We've had that conversation, yeah. you and I, before. Is that I'm all about incentivizing, but not everybody getting a participation trophy, except in my case at the Boston Marathon because it's me. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that I think I think there's a role for both. But I think, I think, think well, kids miss out if, if they you, don't. Get, if you put in yeah. all the effort and you've run the marathon, or if you or you've done the sport to the extent and you get the trophy or the medal at the end, that's one thing. But if you just show up and you're not doing, and you get to do the same you get the same medal as everybody else says. I'm not in favor well, of that yeah. because it's not teaching, right. if we're talking about kids, it's not teaching a child that growth comes from failure or being last. There's got to always be a last. There's always going to be a middle. There's always yeah. going to be a front. And, and we were and, last a lot. And not teaching <laughs> that because if you don't teach that that's something that's part of life, then there's no reason to move forward. You're always just sitting. You're sitting. You're sitting in your, right? So it's about... So I'm not a big fan of everybody gets a trophy mm -hmm. for just showing now up. Now they have pewter trophies. Yes. Or, I'm sorry, pewter medals. <laughs> medals. So yeah. So, yeah. But so think I'm about not having the step that Peter talked about, about going to the 80s Olympics and finishing fifth and mm -hmm. saying, I want more. Right. And, and I can do more. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't get that step in a non-merit-based athletic situation. Well, you, you do if you're incentivizing it in different ways, mm -hmm. which is, so, I mean... When I, I didn't always get if, if I was last in, in a, or close to last in my sport, we didn't get anything, but it was always the hope, maybe it was the coaching, maybe it was other things that it was always the hope that the next time, because we would want the top three spot, because in the top three spot, we got the big trophy, right. or we got the out. That was enough to push that ahead. And all my teammates, I think, felt that way. I think I can't speak for them, but I think we definitely shared an experience where oh my God, we didn't get the top ranking and we want that. And it wasn't because of the medals, just we wanted the first. Yeah. It was the best. We wanted Definitely. to be the best. We were last in nationals a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And we came really close right. to stopping because it just didn't look like it was in the cards to really be there. Mm -hmm. get there. Right. But it was that, what is that saying? If you just keep going a little bit more right. something might happen yeah, just keep but my parents forward. really were very helpful to us to to know that we're behind you and you know it we think you're getting better it's it takes time to develop and get the confidence and understand the training that's necessary so through that uh, we just kept going so it's not easy it's hard but it's so, but I think that, so there's the merit base right there, is that when you have, you may not have a medal, like an actual right. tangible medal, but if you if you come off the ice and you're last at nationals and your family's there mm -hmm. and like, let's all go out for dinner, we're good, mm -hmm. we'll start training again tomorrow, like yeah. that's that's merit in and of itself. It's not the same thing as a medal, but it's it's what keeps kids or keeps people going is there's that well-roundedness around them, that it's not the end of the world if... It isn't. If right. it, fail to, you have to fail. Right, you have to. And But I think that psychologically we're in an age currently, yeah. and we were in the past decade or two, that it's, oh, we have to protect everyone from failing. That can't happen. If that happens, it's damaging to the children. Or no, it's, that's not it's true. Part that's of it. not true. Yeah. We need to have failure in order to have growth. And if you don't, if you don't keep exposing people 100%. to something to get them to learn, then mm -hmm. we have complacency. And then we have the phenomenon of some of the millennial stuff that goes on and, and the apathy and yeah, yeah. not motivated uh -huh. and all that stuff. So I think it has to be, Lou, to, your, to answer 
sort of, sure. is to have that balance yeah. in right. some way. And it's hard to find the balance because I think it's yeah. individual. I think it's really based on family structure of each person because not everyone has that, you know, the nuclear family, mm -hmm. as one would call it, the traditional. And it really depends on the support system and resiliency of that built from the beginning. And on the other side, yeah. let's say you, you have some, or somebody, a pair team, a team has some success, right? Which uh, is always great to see, like the World Series last night, LA wins, yeah. right? Um, oh, well, you know, still, uh, just to get to that level. Right is really important to be elite yes like that um nobody likes losing right but when you do win let's say in all the great memories that i can pull together uh it's the like i say opening ceremonies yes. closing ceremonies the fellowship meeting people different cultures traveling around the world, world. right the thing is though what you got to be careful of and i've had to learn this myself is you don't want to develop, you don't want this to define you right. as a person because right. it's very easy. I mean, actors go through this that when you reach a certain level, level and all of a sudden monetarily things change right. uh, and there's a, there's, a, there's a certain glam or oh, glamour yeah. effect that takes place and you're like, oh, right. well, guess what? Still you get you. You, you right. will be humbled by the skating gods very right. quickly yeah. and the Olympic gods because it has to do with you as an individual. Right. It's not the events in life that are significant. It's how you manage them. them. Right. And that's a really important point, I think, to know that your talents or your... Uh, some, you can't skate someday. Right. I mean, I'm on the ice still, but uh, there will come a time when I can't be. Right. So what do I do then? You know, right. you want to make sure that you're balancing out other parts of your life besides right. just what that happened. Because this is a, we've been talking about this, right? right? Well, there's a lot more to me and, you know, a lot more to Frank than the fact that he played with the Bruins. Bruins and right. we're, we're, we're folks that, you know, have interesting stories perhaps, but... Um, and you can be the judge of that. <laughs> Didn't want you to say it first. Uh, but but really to to be well rounded. Yeah. You know and uh, be respected and have people uh, that that enjoy you socially. Socially. And you motivate them. You know because right. you pass it on. You got to pay it forward, baby. Well, right. And and that's and so to the point of how people get really stuck in getting their kids into a sport mm -hmm. and that's all they do and all they do and all they do and then my question when they come into me and they're 16 or 17 and they're getting yeah. ready to go off to college I'm like and they they've got an injury let's take right and all of a sudden I'm like what are they going to do yeah and right. the parents are like well they're going to play and I'm like right. what if they can't play what's the contingency plan and the parents the parents, and I, I specifically say parents because the kid's just going along with what's supposed to be happening. They're the talent, and I'm thinking, this kid's going to be 22 years old, and then stuck going, I don't know what else to do. I have nothing well, else to do because they haven't well-rounded. So yep. so that's in, and yep. you and I had this conversation in the past couple of weeks about like getting kids to have all kinds of experiences right. to really have you know, totally. multiple multiple aspects right. of things going on so they feel like their identity isn't going to be caught up in Not one that, medal or one, one time. Here's an example. I work with Special Olympians. Right. I've had the great fortune of being able to uh, host events and work closely with Special Olympians. And 
I, I'm probably not going to get the slogan right, but I may not win, but I will not fail in my attempt. Attempt, right. And I'll tell you, it's the truth, because uh, working in Special Olympics, the the effort that takes place is 100%, mm -hmm. and it, it is just remarkable to see people thriving and right. excelling. And I've taken a page out of the Special Olympics that is so important, that is, give your best effort. Right. Give your best effort, and then when you leave the rink or you leave the uh, uh, Coliseum, let it go. Right. You can go back to work, but release it. Right. And good, bad, or indifferent. And so to be in that state of mind, I think you can refresh and decompress and then be ready to go for the next day, whatever it brings. I agree. I got one more question before yeah, I let sure. you wrap with him. Well, I have to finish my wrap with him. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we're, both, we're both hockey guys. We know hockey teams. And the overriding question for me right now is in 1980, after the Soviet win, or after the medal ceremony, was there a party, and did you get to go? <laughs> <laughs> We 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 had a great time. I'll bet you did. <laughs> I love the like, Placid is just the best place because, <laughs> well, the, you know, there it depends upon you know your age. Of course, back then um, things were different, yeah. and so the village just rallied around. It was huge. So yeah, man, it was like we went to uh, Sassafras uh, and we went to we just all floated around and had a great time, and. Uh, then the closing ceremonies, yeah, there were the arena grill was right below <laughs> the um, arena, yeah, and it was incredible. You came out of the building uh, after that, when, and don't forget they had to beat the Finns. People right. don't, yeah, think about that, but that had to happen. They didn't win yeah. with the Soviets, but exactly yeah, as huge but as that was, it came out, and, and people had flags, you know, saying "God Bless America" on top of the arena grill, which is a it was a kind of a pool. Uh, pub, you know, uh, you play pool there and have beers and stuff like that, right? So uh, it was just such a sight to see. So uh, we had our fun, and the cool thing was that uh, at that time it was bittersweet. Uh, we were taken, uh, it's not Air Force One, but we flew down to uh, meet President Carter. Because when you're, if the president's not on it, it's not Air Force One, but the whole yeah, team, like whole team came, yeah. uh, got on the planes. Wow. And we went down and met uh, Carter, and unfortunately, the boycott took place Twice, right. for the Olympics. So my heart went out to summer the Olympics. summer athletes. Yeah. But uh, it just didn't, to your point, though, it didn't stop. Once everybody was finished, you really do end up having a pretty darn good time. <laughs> I like, I he's so good. It's like yep. a pretty darn good time. Yeah, well, good. what are you saying? I mean, <laughs> you know, they uh, raised the roof, I think. I'll bet oh, they we, did. Oh, we oh, just had, But the whole, everybody did. Yeah, it was exactly. the village. It was the people. Excitement. You know, yeah, and um, it, it's a collective experience. Let's just say that. Okay, you ready? Okay, so. Were the, were the Russians there? Were the Russians there? The Soviets? Yeah. Uh, at Soviets. that time, Soviets? Where? At the, at the party. Anybody show up? Bum, 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 bum. No, that was a, that was a tough. You, uh, look at the, uh, what came out of that. They, they, it really was a, it was a shock. Yeah. That they lost. It's a tough night for and them. it was in, in some ways, yeah. but considering what happened at the garden 
you know. I love that you keep popping in your little Boston accent. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I don't usually hear that yeah. from you. <laughs> I love they it. They lost 10 to 2 or something like that. Yeah. And uh, so for them, uh, I, I think it was absolutely devastating, uh, that loss. Yeah. And so... Well, I, and, as, and, and coming up through that time with the Romanian training and being with Bella Caroli and, yeah. and the, the way that the training goes, and I mean, I wasn't there, obviously, and I was much younger... Just saying that, yeah, I know that. Um, but knowing coming up through the Romanian training and the Russian drills that came through gymnastics, the 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 way that you handle win and loss in that cultural framework for us was that's what we were being taught, and there was it's very different than the American atmosphere back in that time. It was just yeah, philosophy wise, totally uh, totally different than athletics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean these uh, the Soviets were. Yeah, they were so, the Red Army, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I had been there with right. Kitty, and holy cow, uh, Rodnina and Zaitsev, the people we compete against in 1980, I mean, 10-time world champion, and they, they were like Stout. statuesque right. on the eye. They were so fast and, and, and so uh, consistent in many ways. And the speed, right. I think it's the velocity that took place in those environments. Seeing the speed, if you go to a professional so, game, you right. see the speed you don't get on TV. Right. But boy, when we first um, met up against the the then Soviets, I just couldn't believe how fast they skated. No. I said, boy, we gotta get, we gotta get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and uh, I think that uh, it's, it's overwhelmed at that yeah. point. And, but I have some very, very good Russian friends and and then it was East Germany, so that's changed. Yep. Now German. Right. Uh, well, that's always German, but it was uh, West Germany right. back then. Right. So that, uh, even though you are from different countries, uh, at least in figure skating, you know, sometimes you got together after World Championships or Olympics, or and had you know a nice time. We plus we toured over in Europe in the summer, so it's kind of neat. Good thing, right? Nice, yeah. All right, ready? Yeah. We're going to start wrapping up, but I have to do the James Lipton end of the show. You got it. You guys remember James Lipton? Yeah. All right. God rest his soul, right? All right. Your favorite word. And there's silence. Mm. <laughs> he doesn't have a favorite word. <laughs> Thrive. Your least favorite word. Word would be um, indifferent. Your favorite noise or sound. This is awesome. Um, favorite noise or sound. <laughs> uh, it's 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 okay. So my favorite uh, sound is a. Uh, uh, Military jets. I think really? That sounds, wow. That's so cool. Okay. And your least favorite sound? Silence. All right. Good. Um, Charades. I, I know. For everyone that can't see, um, be careful here. What mm -hmm. turns you on? Uh, 
And there's signs. One word. Yeah, one word. What turns you on? Lou, you should be thinking about this too. I I'm going to give you a quiz. Oh, I, yeah. This is what happens Na when you're thoughtful. Nature. What turns you off? Um, what turns me off? Uh, on the spot. Um, oh gosh, uh, what turns me off is, is probably going to be, oh, um, nothing. Nothing. I don't you know on. what okay. it is. I, honey, I okay. can't answer That's that. That's okay. Wow, this, this is good. All right, and last question. Yeah. If you could do anything else that, when you were skating that wasn't skating as a profession, what would it have been? Any field? Anything you wanted, what would it have been? Um. I was telling Kathy this the other day. <laughs> we don't know. Rock star. <laughs> I'm Why serious. Not? Why not? Rockstar, rock because <laughs> when I go to concerts and you'd see, I mean, I, whether it's Neil Diamond or, you know, um, the late Eddie Van Halen, there was something about, or Steve Perry from Journey. Yeah. These are, what's that? Yeah. But that was, that was cool intoxicating yeah. how cool that was. That's awesome. Well. Thank you so much, Peter, for coming today. We'll have to have you back because we didn't even get to half the stuff I wanted to talk to you about, but that's okay. It was very good. Um, yeah. So thank you, Lou, so much for having me. Yeah, pleasure. Um, this was fun. Your studio is great. Yes, yeah. and, and everyone that wants to listen to my other podcast, please go to your daily game face, and you can listen on Spotify, your favorite Apple, other podcast Google channels podcasts, at yeah. any time. And uh, I will see you guys. Not oh, only wait. are you a great dancer, but you are a great host. Thank you so Just, much. Just uh, two cents there. Thank you. See you next week. <laughs>